This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Alana Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Alana Inquirer publisher here with you. And let's get to know more about Illinois coach Brett Bielma. He obviously has a lot of success in the Big Ten. He went 68-24 and 24 while the Wisconsin head coach, uh, and he was 37-19 and 19 in the Big Ten with three Big Ten championships. Now, if you want to pick nits, uh, you can, because uh, he was winning those conference championships when Ohio State was going through the trestle thing, when Penn State obviously uh, had the Jerry Sandusky scandal going on as well, but still won a lot of football games and was a consistent program. He did take over from Barry Alvarez, though, took over a really good thing, and then he surprisingly left uh, for Arkansas and tried to go out on his own in the best division in college sports history, probably, in the SEC West, and he had some successes at Arkansas, leading him to three straight bowl games, but never quite got to where they thought they could get, which would be in the discussion for SEC titles. Never got them quite there. So today, I wanted to get some insight from two people who covered Brett Bielema as a head coach. The first, we're going to talk with Benjamin Wargle from BadgerBlitz.com, has covered uh, Wisconsin for a very long time, including Bielema's tenure there at Wisconsin. We'll ask him what went right there, um, just some of the picadillos maybe he had as a coach, why he was picked as Barry Alvarez's successor, and the surprise and going over why he left Wisconsin when he did, when he was doing so well. And then we talk with Trey Biddy from 24-7 Sports, Hogsports.com, does an unbelievable job covering Arkansas about what went wrong at Arkansas, also what went right a little bit, and what he can learn from his tenure at Arkansas, where he went 11-29 and in the SEC, did make three straight bowl games, um, and had some successes and some big wins, but what he can learn from that tenure uh, to bring to Illinois. And I think Illini fans, you might feel a little bit better if if you're on the fence uh, about Bioma, um, because both these guys had some positive things to say about Brad and also uh, some criticisms of what he can take into his third Power 5 job. So let's start this off next. Benjamin Wargold, BadgerBlitz.com, breaking down Brett Bielma's tenure at Wisconsin. That's next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, now that it's actually happened, let's get some insight into Brett Bielema, and let's go over the Wisconsin years, which were the very, very good years and kind of a surprising exit. Uh, with Benjamin Wargel, he's long covered the Wisconsin Badgers, now for BadgerBlitz.com, part of the Rivals.com network. And uh, we're Facebook friends, and Benjamin um, <laughs> posted just about a week or so ago a gif of Brett Bielema, and I said, eh, I think Jim Leonard might be more likely. And then in the coming days, we see Brett Bielema as a real candidate, and now he's actually the head coach. It's actually happening. How, how excited are you for Bielema back in the Big Ten, Benjamin? I'm looking forward to you dealing with uh, you know, those Bielema-isms that he, you're, he's going to bring to the table over Zoom and if we ever get back in person. Um, you know, I think Brett in the Big Ten is the right fit for him. Um, I, I thought that when he suddenly left and went to Arkansas, I thought he was going to struggle there to build that same type of a program, the same type of philosophy in the SEC West than he did at Wisconsin. And, you know, I turned out to be right. And I think that he, in part, knew that, too. And so when the opportunity came to come back to a region where he's familiar, where he can recruit to what are going to be the strengths of his program, which is probably going to be a big offensive line, running the football. Um, you know, Certainly, he's a defensive coach, so he's going to want to build up a defense. Wisconsin had some pretty good defenses during his tenure um, up here. So I think he can recruit better to what he wants in Illinois. And you know, he's, he's a Big Ten guy with his background at Iowa, obviously his seven years here. Um, I, I'm anxious to kind of see what he can do to, to kind of invigorate that fan base. I was going to ask you, Benjamin, because you covered him, and he obviously had so much success, didn't at Arkansas, but he's been out of the game for a little bit. Um, known as a brash personality, not that that's always a bad thing, um, but when, when you thought Illinois, Brett Bielema, do you think that's a good get for Illinois? Yeah, I think he's been humbled. I'd be shocked if he's not humbled by what has transpired over the course of the last eight years or so. I mean, he left here um, in in 12 after the 70 to 31 uh, whooping of Nebraska, and he left with a team that was eight and five. Um, the only reason they were in the Big Ten championship game is because Ohio State and Penn State were ineligible because of free tattoos and, um, and Jerry Sandusky. Um, so, I mean, he cashed in his chips and he wanted to push himself to go farther. When I think if he just would have stayed here, he could have developed something to maybe to the point where Wisconsin is now. Um, I think the fit at Illinois is going to work for him. I mean, it's an area he's familiar with. He's recruited that region. Uh, it, it, like, like, I, like I told you, I, felt, I thought that he would be interested in this job. Um, he had been interested in other jobs. He had rumored to be interviewed in other jobs college house before but when this opened up something just told me that he's going to want to go for this job um you know he's familiar with the teams he's had some success in the big 10 i mean it, you know you look at his seven years at wisconsin that was his first head coaching job 68 and 24 uh and he had 11 or more wins three times in three big 10 titles he was 39 and 19 in the big 10 so he knows how to win in this league now that does come with a caveat to a degree if you add up Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska, Ohio State, and Penn State, his record against those teams was just 11-15. and 15. He was 2-4 and four in bowl games. So 
that was kind of the stigma on him up here was that he really couldn't win the big games uh, that he needed to to kind of take Wisconsin to that next level. But I think what he experienced um, in, in his tenure at Arkansas, I think that's going to give him a, maybe a better outlook on things that he needs to do. And I think he's going to build a staff. And I think that Illinois is going to, maybe it's going to take a little bit of time, but I think they certainly are going to, things are going to get a little spicier here in the Big Ten West for sure. Yeah, definitely going to be, um, Illinois is way more interesting right now after hiring Brett Bielema, that's for sure. And I want to ask you a little bit about that, but um, why was he the guy originally to be the successor to Barry Alvarez? That's a great question. Uh, Barry hired him away from Bill Snyder at Kansas State and gave him basically the keys to the defensive coordinator job. And I think that Brett showed him enough in just a short period of time that he named him the coach in waiting in uh, it was, it was 2005. And, you know, they had a great year that year. They won, went to the Capitol One Bowl, won that game, and then Brett takes over. And really with Barry's kids, they go 12-1 uh, and one and go back to the Capitol One Bowl. And ironically, they beat Arkansas. Um, and then it kind of went for a dip for a couple of years. They went from 12-1 and one to 9-4 and four to 7-6. and six, And people were wondering, now that Barry's players are leaving the program, is Brett the right guy? Um, but but it, I think what Barry saw in Brett was the ability to understand the strengths of the program, to not make something Wisconsin can't do. Barry built the program by keeping the best players in state, by taking what the best players in state did well. And that's usually in this part of the region, it's offensive linemen. I mean, Wisconsin's produced a number of really solid offensive linemen. Recruit to the high schools be involved with the high school programs here, bring in those players because they're going to play hard for you. And, you know, you establish that, that running game, find those really good running backs, and then everything else will kind of fall into place. And I think Brett just embraced that. And as a result, you know, they start to trend back up after that 760s and they won uh, the champ sports ball by being Miami. I think they won like 10 games that year or something like that. And then they went on their Rose Bowl run with three straight Rose Bowls. So I think what Barry saw in Brett was a young coach who was eager, who had worked under some really good coaches, and Kirk Ferentz and Bill Snyder, had been involved in the Big Ten and had a good philosophy on what he could do with this program while not straying so far away from the norms that Barry had built up here. That's the, that was the problem with Gary Anderson in yeah. uh, 2013-2014. He tried – to embrace Wisconsin, but but do it in an entirely different way. And it wasn't going to work long-term. And that's why when Gary left for Oregon State, they brought in Paul, and Paul has gone back to that Barry Alvarez formula, and it's obviously been working out for him for the most part. So how would you describe Bielema? You kind of did there. He embraced the in-state thing and Illinois fans. He's, he's done the right things already. He's reached out to the Illinois High School um, coach association president, which Lovey Smith never did uh, in the last year. Um, he's reaching out to high school coaches already. Um, how would you describe him as a recruiter, and, and where did they kind of succeed? Well, I mean, that's the smart move that, that Brett needs to do, and I'm glad that he's done that. That's how you're going to build a program, because like I kind of mentioned, um, that's what Barry did when he got here, is that he made sure – to recruit, to reach out to the high school coaches and to start recruiting the best players in state and get them to play at Wisconsin. Too, too often in the late 80s, early 90s, those best players were going elsewhere, to Notre Dame, to Iowa, to other programs. B. 
because the players that grow up here in Wisconsin, Wisconsin is the only D1 program in the state. Illinois has a, maybe a little bit more competition, but a lot of kids grow up in Wisconsin wanting to play for the Badgers. And I'm sure it's the same way in Illinois. And, and you recruit those kids, no matter how many stars are next to their name, if they're going to wear the blue and orange, they're going to play hard for you. They're going to be workers. I mean, I mean, the Wisconsin walk-on program here is tremendous. I mean, I could go down the whole list of the walk-ons that Wisconsin has brought in who have turned out to be good players and then turned out to be NFL players. Uh, guys like Jared Everett, Alex Erickson, uh, Rick Wagner for the Packers, and just to name three off the top of my head. Um, Brett was a, a very good recruiter. Uh, I wouldn't say he was a great recruiter. I think their classes kind of meddled somewhere in like the mid, uh, mid forties, maybe thirties once in a while got to like the, you know, like 39, 38, somewhere in there. They never really broke that, that, that big recruiting barrier of a top 25 class like Wisconsin's done here the last couple of years under Paul, but you know, they really worked hard in the Midwest. Brett spent a lot of time in Florida. He went to the East Coast quite a bit. Um, he dabbled in, in Texas for a little while uh, when you had the right position coaches around him. You know, he, they went up in the in the coast a little bit. I know they recruited up in Washington for some offensive linemen. So really, wherever the, the offensive linemen, the running backs are, um, that's where he went. And then you went to the places that have the most uh, uh, the most talent. Ohio. He was in Ohio quite a bit. And so it all depends on who he hires and where those connections are. But, you know, Brett brought in some good players. Usually it wasn't a lot of four-star players, maybe like one or two a class, but a lot of three-star players, and he developed them well. And he got those guys playing very well, especially those players on the offensive side of the ball turned out to be pretty good. So remind us, Benjamin, for us that weren't – or this was a long time ago, uh, and for us that didn't pay as much attention as you guys did there in Madison – why did he exit? What what was surrounding that exit? Uh, it shocked everyone up here. Um, you know, we had no idea after the 2012 Big Ten Championship game that he was leaving. And, you know, the story goes is that he was in New York uh, for some awards banquets, and he met with Jeff Long in Arkansas, and they came to an agreement. And then – uh, then Barry, then Brett told Barry because he knew if he would have told Barry beforehand, Barry would have convinced him, uh, tried to convince him to stay. And I think Brett saw that he had taken Wisconsin as far as he could, or maybe he, he felt he had taken Wisconsin as far as he could. You know, three straight Rose Bowls, you know, two Rose Bowls they lost in agonizing fashion, uh, two points to Andy Dalton and TCU, then a year later by seven uh, to, to Oregon. That was with Russell Wilson at quarterback. I think he felt that he wanted to go to a new place, um, to the, the best conference in the country, and to build something and to kind of start a new program. You know, he just gotten married to to his wife Jen. That maybe a fresh start is exactly kind of what they they needed, and and he wanted to push himself. And I respect him for doing that, but he brought a Midwest style into a a conference that that Midwest style doesn't work, I don't think, long-term because the type of players that you're recruiting there in the South don't, you can't, you have to go outside the South to get those type of players. And I think he got behind, especially when you're playing against, you know, LSU and Auburn and Alabama each and every year. You know, it just, it was a slog for him. And I don't think he ever could kind of get his footing. He couldn't quite get the players. He couldn't quite develop the players at Arkansas like he could develop them at Wisconsin. 
But it would have been interesting. If he would have stayed, you know, he probably could have stayed here as long as he wanted, as mm-hmm. long as Barry's the AD, and he still is. I mean, he, he probably, you know, would still be here today, and he still would be coaching. And, you know, but, you know, he, he chose not to. But I think if you pull the uh, the fan base around here, if you would rather have Brett Bielema as your head coach or Paul Crest, I think a lot of people would pick Paul. I think Brett's stick was starting to maybe wear thin with some fan base, especially some of the top donors. And and what Paul has done here over his you know you know six years, um, with the exception of this year because this year is pretty bizarre with everything going on, um, he's kind of pushed Wisconsin to a, a level that Brett couldn't take him to. Let's bring up that shtick before we go. Um, it is it is a reaction hire when it comes to Lovey Smith, isn't it? Um, somebody with energy, somebody who's going to be interesting at every press conference, give you something. Um, how did that play? Uh, at Wisconsin, which we see, we think of as more buttoned up, but I mean, Barry Alvarez has some personality behind him, right? It's just Chris doesn't uh, really at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you say, like, how would you describe Barry? I, I keep calling it like brashness, and I think that can be a positive at times, especially for a program like Illinois, but if it doesn't go well, it could go the other way. So what is Illinois getting in a CEO and a face of the program with Brett Bielema? Well, when Brett was here, he was a very cocky guy, um, very brash, very confident. Um, I mean, he, he did things that would just make you shake your head. Um, there was a time when, you know, him and Tim Brewster of Minnesota did not get along. Um, there was a lot of heat on that rivalry. Of course, it wasn't much of a rivalry because Brett never lost to Minnesota, and he constantly beat Brewster on the recruiting trail. But, you know, there was a home game at Camp Randall when they were up by, you know, th- three scores, and they score again, and he goes for two. And then he says, oh, it's what the, the card says. You know, it's, it's what the, the two-point conversion card says to go for two, and we're just all shaking our head. Um, he's not really uh, a wordsmith. You know, he, he, he'll fumble over himself a couple times, and instead of, uh, I think one time, a couple times, it says self-deprecating uh, humor. He said self-defecating humor. <laughs> you know, and then, he, you know, all you know, the Iowa pig farmer in me uh, made those comments. And you know, just kind of stuff like that, um, you know, he was very blunt. Uh, I want to say in 2009, after they lost to Ohio State again, he was say, "I hate losing to these guys. We're not going to keep losing to these guys." Um, you know, he, he'll tell you how he feels, and I always appreciate it about Brett. Brett, I, I always felt that every morning he would wake up and he would read everything being said about his program. He would read every newspaper story. He would read every internet story, um, and if he you wrote something he didn't like, he would he would come after you to a degree, and he would defend his program, he would defend his players. Um, that made for some interesting conversations over the years with him, but you have to give him uh, credit that he is, you know, he's defending the Wisconsin brand when he was here, and I'm, I'm guessing that even though maybe time has tempered him a little bit, um, I, I'm guessing that he will still be one of those staunch defenders of his, his Illinois program, and I tell you that October 23rd game in Champaign added a little spice, and the 2022 season opener in Madison between the two uh, will be interesting as well. Hopefully, the Big Ten will keep those games scheduled, and we can actually have those type of games coming forward here. Well, Benjamin, you kind of seem to think that this could be a good thing for Illinois. What do you think the pulse of is Wisconsin fans? Did they say, "Oh, that's that's an interesting move for Illinois"? Were they laughing this morning? I think a lot of Wisconsin fans are eager to get a shot at Brett. I think a lot of Wisconsin fans are, are irritated at Brett um, for leaving. Um, I, maybe time is, 
has has calmed a little bit. Um, you know, time heals all wounds to a degree, but you know, you can't deny what Brett did here. Uh, 68 and 24, like I said, uh, they never had a losing season under him. You know, Barry's teams went up and down for the most part, especially in the last three or four years. Brett's teams uh, were kind of an uphill, up, upward climb to a degree. Um, it'd be interesting if you pull the fan base. I think a lot of people, though, were a little worried that they were going to get uh, Lance Leipold from Buffalo. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people around here know Lance because of what he did at UW-Whitewater with the amount of D3 national championships that that school brought into the state. And I think a lot of people were maybe a little bit more worried about that. Um, I think many people aren't as concerned with Brett now because of what happened at Arkansas. But, you know, hey, if he wins you know, a couple games he shouldn't have, pull some upsets, one will never know what uh, the reaction will be when that 2022 season over comes around. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm happy for him. I, I sent him a, a note congratulating him because he's a good guy. He works hard. Um, I think he's going to do a good job with Illinois because, like I said at the top, it, Illinois fits him better than what Arkansas yeah. is for him. Uh, it's his kind of program. It's a program that it's blue collar. He can get his hands dirty with this program and he can build something with this program in a conference that he knows very well. Uh, any favorite Buellmanism before we let you go? Uh, the self deprecating self defecating was pretty good. <laughs> um, it's kind of hard to top that one. Okay. Um, that, that's, that's, I'm going to stick with that one. Gotcha. That's the one I remember the most. Um, in, in terms of his, his isms, it's been a long time, Jerry, to be honest with you. I mean, I haven't, I haven't talked to Brett in you know eight years yeah. uh, since December of uh, 2012 when he left. I haven't talked to him since then. I've seen him and waved to him and we've you know ex- exchanged pleasantries that way. But I have to go through the old audio and, <laughs> and, and try to re uh, reacquaint myself with, with some of his favorite sayings. Oh, he always says, I get, I, I, I get that. I understand. I, I get what you're saying. Um, um, I appreciate what you're saying. Kind of stuff like that. Like I understand what you're saying, but you're wrong. Yeah. So I always <laughs> enjoyed that. That was a good one with Brett too. That's good. I like that kind of back and forth with a coach sometimes. Um, Benjamin mm-hmm. Wargle, BadgerBlitz.com, covered the Wisconsin Badgers for a long time. Great insight, Benjamin. Always appreciate your time. Can't thank you enough. Good to talk to you, Jeremy. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You too. Great stuff from Benjamin Wargle. Let's talk about the Arkansas tenure. What went right? What went wrong? What can Brett Bielma learn from it? We'll talk about that next to Trey Biddy, hogsports.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. All right, we've gone over the Wisconsin era for 
uh, Brett Bielema and what he did and accomplished there. Now let's focus on what he did at Arkansas. And we're lucky enough to have Trey Biddy, who's the great publisher of hogsports.com, our great Arkansas 24-7 sports site. And Trey, just let me get your reaction right away of Brett Bielema back as a Power 5 hug coach at Illinois. What would you think this morning? Well, I thought it was I thought it was a good hire. I, I've always been a fan of Brett Bielema. I just think that things just that last year this just didn't work out for for a lot of reasons at Arkansas. But I've always felt like maybe the Big Ten was a better fit for him. Um, I think when he got to the SEC, it was a little bit of a shock to uh, just how competitive it was, and you know, just kind of being out of his element. I felt like that first year that he was at Arkansas was kind of like a just a learning year more than anything, but uh, he figured it out and and got them going pretty good. There were you know some instances here and there where I think they could have performed better, but I always just thought that you know maybe he would have been a better fit in the Big Ten. So when this Illinois job came along, I was thinking, man, that would be a good fit for Brett Bielema. Uh, he's a guy that I've always you know personally rooted for, and yeah, I think he's I think he's ready to get back into it. So what, what was the reaction when Arkansas originally hired him from Wisconsin? Because, you know, he was at the top of the Big Ten uh, mm-hmm. food chain for, for a couple of years. And Arkansas, after all the Petrino years, is able to hire somebody like that. What was the reaction? Well, at first, it was, it was kind of surprising to me because there was a lot of people around here that was like, who? Belima? How do you, you know, there's people who still don't know how to say Bielema's <laughs> name properly in this state. But there was a lot of people that were that, you know, they kept Jeff Long kept it so quiet during that coaching search that nobody really knew what was going on. So when his name came out, there was a lot of people that were surprised. It didn't take long for them to remember back when Arkansas played them in 2006, well, 2007 in the uh, in the Citrus Bowl. And uh and, and Wisconsin beat Arkansas that year. Arkansas had a really good team, went 7-1 and one in the SEC that year. And so, you know, when they started diving in, okay, this is what he's done and stuff. And then, he, of course, he, he knocked it out of the park with his, uh, with his press conference, uh, you know, uh, uh, right, I guess the next day after that. And I think he went over a lot of people once they figured out how to say his name. We had all kinds of stuff. We had a picture of a bee and a picture of a llama, and you put them together, and it's Bielema. So there was all kinds of things we were trying to get uh, for people to phonetically understand how to say his name. But just because he'd done so much of his work up in uh, the Big Ten in the past, uh, people weren't really familiar with him, but obviously his resume uh, spoke for itself. And, you know, that first year was was really rough. You know, the Arkansas, everything that they had built through the Bobby Petrino era – and then he wrecks his motorcycle. And then you have that year of John L. Smith where, you know, players aren't being held accountable. You know, they're not going to class. There's all the, the culture of everything had just went straight down the toilet that year. And so Brett had a real rebuild project to take over at Arkansas. And he got it going. I mean, that 2013 team was bad. But the 2014 team, you know, it was top 10 in uh, in total defense, top 10 in um scoring defense and you know played Alabama to a 14-13 game almost beat Texas A&M you know they ended up the year they ended up the year probably playing their best football under him uh they beat LSU 17 to nothing they beat Ole Miss 30 to nothing in back-to-back games then they had a hiccup on the road at Missouri they lost by a touchdown and then just slaughtered Texas in the Texas Bowl and that was that was a time when things were riding really high he had really the full support of the fan base behind him Uh, the 2015 team the following year was his best team talent wise but he had made the decision to go away from that style that they had used in the Big Ten because he felt like he had, I, I remember him saying, just kind of a different type of athlete 
uh, at Arkansas. And so he hired Dan Enos. Okay, he hired Dan Enos, and Enos was at Central Michigan as the head coach, hired him as the offensive coordinator to open things up, and it just took a little bit of time to get going. They put up a ton of yards against Toledo, but they lost to Toledo 16-12 to that year. Okay, that was his real big black eye. And they got it going. I mean, they, they ended up tearing through some teams after that. They, they, once, they, once they figured some things out, they were really, really good. But that same year, they lost by field goal, a blocked field goal and a chip shot field goal against Mississippi State. Uh, they lost. There was, you know, the Toledo game, obviously. But that that team, that could have been a 10-win team hmm. in 2015. And then the following year in 2016, I feel like he thought that maybe he had a little bit more leadership from within his program, from the players, than he actually had. And we started to see things tail off. You know, they were, they were playing really well, and they just went to Auburn and just got blasted. And then they blew a 17-point lead against Missouri in the regular season finale. Then they, and, and that was at halftime. They had a 17-point lead at halftime. Then a 24-point halftime lead against Virginia Tech in the Belt Bowl. And, and that's when things really started to kind of get real shaky for him at Arkansas. He made a lot of changes, a lot of hires, but the problem was his hires – weren't nearly as good as his first group. I mean, his first staff was one of the top staffs I've ever seen at Arkansas. There were several guys that, you know, some guys went on to head coaches. There were several guys that were former head coaches, uh, like Randy Shannon, for example, Charlie Partridge, uh, Sam Pittman was on that staff. So th- it was a really, really strong staff. But, you know, that last staff he hired, you know, it was, it was there was a lot of assistant to the assistants in the NFL, you know, like three guys. You know, he had two running backs coach. One guy was Joel Thomas, who's still with the Saints, um, and replaced him with another guy who, you know, ended up going to the Indianapolis Colts and then replaced him with a guy who was well past his prime and had no shot really at being an NFL running backs coach. So to me, that's kind of where things started to go south for Brett when uh, his coaching hires weren't as good towards the end. And that could have been, you know, people saw things, maybe, you know, the back end, uh, you know, maybe they saw things going south, I don't know, versus, you know, starting new and fresh and hope and all that stuff. So maybe that played a role into it. I'm not really sure. But he also, another reason that he didn't do well at Arkansas is his inability to recruit Texas. He had no ties to Texas and also made the mistake of just kind of abandoning Texas by not hiring assistant coaches with strong backgrounds in Texas. Mm -hmm. And they just, when Chad Morris took over, there were fewer than 10 players on scholarship from the state of Texas. So for anybody listening in Illinois right now, the state of Arkansas is about 3 million people. It doesn't produce a ton. You know, you can get five to 10, you know, good players inside the state, just depending on the year. It fluctuates a good bit, but you have to recruit Texas. And that is one of the things that Brett struggled at um, recruiting the state of Texas. And I mean, you can't have 10 scholarship guys on your whole roster in, in Arkansas from the state of Texas. You, you just can't. So that was something that, um, that was one reason I felt like maybe he would be a better fit in the big 10 because they did spend a lot of time recruiting up in that area and actually, you know, pulled in some guys here and there. Frank Ragnow is a good example. I mean, Frank Ragnow's in the NFL right now, um, at, at center was a first round draft pick from, from Minnesota. So, they, I, I've, I've just always felt like, you know, he just needed a, maybe a different scene, yeah. I guess, if that's a fair way to say it. No, that's a great recap of his run there. Um, I mean, after the Chad Morris failed experiment, do, do people look more yeah. fondly <laughs> at Bielma getting the yeah. three bowls or how's that go? 
Well, anybody, they look more fondly on John L. Smith (laughs) (laughs) since the Chad Morris experiment. You know, that's an interesting point you bring up because, you know, Bielema was still, even though he had opened things up, I mean, Brandon Allen put up the best statistical year in Arkansas history at quarterback uh, in 2000 and uh, in 2015. And, but still they were built around running the football. They had a couple of thousand yards back, thousand yard backs in 2014. One of those guys got hurt, Jonathan Williams uh, in 2015. And, and, you know, they had a 1600 yard back, you know, and, and Alex Collins, both those guys in the NFL. So, they were everything was built around running the football still, even though they opened things up more with the pass. Um, but I, I think that there was a lot of things about the SEC that I felt uh, Brett kind of learned along the way. Mm-hmm. And in the Big Ten, that's not an issue. I want to ask you this, Trey, because um, he's got a brash personality, right? And I, I think he kind of fit really well for Arkansas because he brought that, right, uh, after a down period for them. I think he could kind of do the same thing at Illinois. But there's probably a fine line um, because when you're losing, people don't love that. But how did his personality play? How, how does he act as the, the CEO and, and the face of a program? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, when, when things were going right, first of all, that brash attitude's fun when things are, yep. when things are going well. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be vocal on social media. He's going to as a media person, you guys are going to love him. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, even though, you know, there's some people who say he, he, he's not this or that with the media, but he's always got something for you. After the Texas game, when they won, they just blew the doors off of Texas, and that doesn't happen a lot. Um, you know, and Arkansas fans hate Texas, even though they don't play him that much anymore. But he blew the doors off of Texas, and they took a knee at the end of the game, took a couple of knees to seal it, uh, which he referred to as borderline erotic. <laughs> and I mean, that just that just took off around this state. But he's always got something like that. You know, he's always going to be as honest as possible. I mean, there's things that he's gonna he's gonna hold back. But um, I always enjoyed covering Brett. I sent him a message. You know congratulating him, telling him I'm pulling for him, um, you know, and I, I don't have any followers now on Twitter. We haven't been in touch in a, in a bit, but uh, I hope he sees it because I, I've always liked Brett. He's just – there were some things, I think, that took place here at the end that just – here's the problem. He, he would have been able to survive that last season at Arkansas had 2015 been a 10-win season, and it, and it very easily could have been. Last one I would have for you is – He's been out of the college game for a few years. He's talked about adjusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, do, what do you think he needs to learn the most, or do you think he can learn the most? Because he's talked about changing his schemes a little bit, more to a 3-4. Offensively, he said you'll see a very different team, so I would imagine maybe some more spread concepts, maybe mm-hmm. dual-threat quarterback, I'm not sure. Um, but what do you think would be the biggest adjustment he would have to make after what happened mm-hmm. at Arkansas? Yeah, well, they did switch to a 3-4 um, in his time there, which – I don't, that might have been do it so quickly, but um, you know, last year. First of all, I think Brett looked great. I mean, he, he got a bit overweight. He he got really big, and I don't know if it was the stress or what, but I think it wasn't the worst decision um, for him to go to the NFL. You know, kind of take a more of a backseat role. I think he looks great now. He's trimmed up. He looks healthy, and. I think all of those things that have been positives. I also think that, you know, spending time in, in the NFL, you're going to learn a lot. You don't, you don't focus on recruiting, you know, you, you watch film and it's all year around, you know, and to not have the spotlight on him for a while, I think it's probably been positive. 
Um, he had a, a baby girl while he was here in Fayetteville. He's had another one since then. So I think it's time. I think it's time for him to get back into the college game. Um, and I think he'll do well at Illinois. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for Brett and I hope he does well. I think a lot of people in Arkansas are, there's some, you know, that, um, you know, are always going to be disgruntled over you know anything, but, uh, for me personally, I hope he does well. I think he will do I think he will do well there. Trey, can't thank you enough, man, for giving us some insight into Brett mm-hmm. uh, as the coach and, and his time there at Arkansas. Thanks, man. Yep. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Man, Trey's good at what he does, and uh, great insight there as well. Uh, hopefully, you learned a lot about Brett Bielema. I know, you know, I reached out to Trey earlier in the week when you heard Bielema was a candidate, and I heard Bielema was one of their top three candidates, along with Leipold and Mystery Man. Uh, and from what I hear, uh, Luke Fickle was was on the wish list, but uh, obviously Luke Fickle is going to be tough to get, and a lot of people think he's waiting on one of the top jobs with the way Cincinnati pays him. Uh, he loves being at home in Cincinnati with his family. He's got six kids who are young. Um, so I, th- I think he's going to stay there until he gets the right job. And he's going to win there for a long time. So I think he can be pretty picky right now, especially, again, with the way uh, that Cincinnati pays him almost as much as, as a Big Ten coach, you know, just a little bit less than Bielema is going to get at Illinois, which is $4.2 million annually, which is kind of the going right right now uh, for Big Ten head coaches and obviously a guy that has had success. And, you know, I don't know if other teams are knocking down the door for him, but uh, he's going to get back into head coaching at some point, and, and Illinois is paying him like uh, a solid Big Ten coach should be. All right, hope you learned a lot about Brett Bielema. We're going to do another podcast. I've already recorded the interviews. We're going to roll that out here shortly. Uh, might be on Sunday morning. Uh, I might roll this one out there, but it's going to focus on recruiting. Um, so we'll to focus on the recruiting aspect, especially the in-state aspect. So we'll have more on the podcast coming up there. But for the latest on Illinois, check out Illini Inquire. And if you're not a VIP member right now, uh, we are kind of breaking down. I'm hearing some names about his potential staff uh, that are really interesting. So you can check that out on the VIP board right now. We'll have more uh, content coming up at Illini Inquire. But if you're don't, not a VIP member, you can get two months uh, pass to Illini Inquire for just $1. So easy entry point. And if you want to check it out, I think you'll really like what you what we have, and uh, I think you'll stick around with us. So give that a try if you haven't already. It's an exciting time for Illini Athletics with a new football coach, a new era here, and a guy with some past uh, success here at the college level and a lot at the Big Ten level. Plus, you got a top 15 Illinois basketball team getting ready to set uh, – getting ready to take on a top 20 Rutgers team on the road for a, a monster early Big Ten matchup that I think for Illinois basketball is a great chance to get ahead of the curve. Uh, you win those road games, you put yourself ahead of the curve, especially at a program like Rutgers, who I think is really, really good. So of all that, come up at Illini Inquirer. If you don't already, subscribe to the podcast, rate us, review us, wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. I told you imaginary friends are real. This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.